0: This episode of Romance and Color is sponsored by the Chicago North Romance Writers Spring Fling 2024, a three-day hybrid writing conference featuring headliners Beverly Jenkins and Kate Claiborne, perfect for romance writers serious about the craft. So join them in the witty city to network, attend workshops, and pitch your manuscript to agents and editors. Join them virtually or in person April 18th through the 20th at the Renaissance Chicago O'Hare. Sign up at chicagospringfling.com. You're guaranteed to have an amazing time. Now back to our show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Romance and Color. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another week. Yes, and we are inching closer and closer to Christmas, which is awesome, awesome, awesome. So how was your couple of weeks? You know, we had Thanksgiving, we had, you know, some other things going on and all that. We haven't had a podcast since before Thanksgiving. Yeah, no, well, so
1: it's been a great couple of weeks. Enjoyed the holiday with family. I did travel to Maryland, which is where I'm originally from, and I had a good time and stuff like that. And, um, you know, came back, decorated and stuff like that. Because that just always makes me so happy and just really puts me in such a holiday spirit. It's my so favorite time. So you have decorated spirit. for the holiday yeah? Because I was wondering. Mm-hmm. I did, yeah. You? Yeah, I was a little later than I normally would decorate. I usually like to do mm-hmm. it the Friday. I come back. You know, the, the Friday after Thanksgiving, but I just didn't have the energy. I'm like a low iron, vitamin D deficient gal. So I just be tired all the time and just want to lay in bed. And I don't know if it was, um, what do you call it? Like a placebo effect, but I did not bring my vitamins. And I feel like I just was so lethargic. So like I said, it was only like two or three days of not taking them. So that could have been in my head. But anyway, I did muster up the strength. And last weekend, I did decorate and stuff like that. So now I feel so good. And the house Mm -hmm. is done and stuff like that. So just finishing up my holiday shopping.
0: What about you? How have you been? I finished all my holiday shopping. Mm -hmm. um, Got that all out the way. Mm -hmm. Um, We decorated our tree. Um, We even, Jay even put lights outside on our trees. Very nice going up the um up the path we've we made like a natural kind of um wall, wall, gate or whatever wall or whatever mm-hmm. um and so so people would start coming in our yard walking through our yard sure so, yes. yeah it looks like christmas they look like christmas trees going all the way up the yard and so they've grown so tall like they're so more taller than jay and so um he's put lights all on them and stuff for tegan because she's been begging for lights so you put oh, lights so cool. on them and it looks really nice outside like he he let me say something that man take that yard very seriously oh <laughs> seriously. my
1: goodness i love that so
0: he gonna decorate he put he went and got his poinsettias he done put them out you know he, he you decorated he done put bowls. He done put bowls outside. like outside is his thing like inside is my thing outside yeah. is his thing so he gonna put the lights on he gonna put the poinsettias he gonna put the wreaths up that's him. yeah cool. so he did all that Oh, that's so pretty! I know it looks so nice. It looks nice. It looks especially really nice. at night. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. And then where we are, you know, um, we're by you know Stone Mountain, so you can see like the lights from the mountain. And mm-hmm.
1: It's really, it's mm-hmm. really
0: nice. It's really nice. Oh so.
1: man, that's nice. Yeah. Very good. Oh, Yeah. So I know over this past week, you also were a part of a panel of other authors before a book club. Can you t- tell us a little bit about that? Oh, that?
0: yeah. So mm-hmm. I did. Um, I forgot about that. I did what's called the DeKalb County Jubilee of Readers. Um, it was really, really cool. It's a collection of well, what's where book clubs and, and things like that get together and authors come and do author talks to get to um, talk to them. Um, you get to sign books, take pictures, all that good stuff. And I didn't, I didn't really know what to expect when I got up there. Cause they they were just kind of like, yeah, you come, we're going to have everything there for you. No need to worry, blah, blah, But I didn't know I had to get up there and talk. Oh, <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't really have a particular speech prepared. So I kind of winged it off the top of my head. I kind of talked about my journey as a writer. I talked about, um, you know, the process of being published, things like that. And I just talked about Black romance and advocating for Black romance and mm. making sure that Black romance gets in the hands of bookstores and book clubs and libraries and making sure that you let these, particularly with traditional publishing, let them know that we want stories with Black people in them, romance yeah. with black people in them. And so I did that, but the coolest part to me was I went on after Danine Milner, the author, <laughs> author oh my goodness. Um, you know, extraordinaire, you know, she went, she wrote a book way back in the day called The Sisters Rules. Um, she's written memoirs for different people.
2: Mm, um, Steve Harvey. P.
0: Yeah, Steve Harvey to Roger P. Henson, all these other people. Oh my and um it's I couldn't believe it. She was talking about her um fiction book, One Blood. Uh, which is kind of loosely based on her adoption story mm-hmm. and so i was so nervous i said jay i said oh my god jay i gotta go up here I <laughs> follow <laughs> denise <laughs> <What> <laughs> <the heck? laughs> i'm taking i'm taking i'm texting your kitty i'm texting my friend Candice, i'm texting everybody like oh my god what am i gonna do i'm about to throw up especially because you didn't necessarily have anything prepared i didn't oh, have anything goodness. prepared
1: but and i know I, you
0: just went with it and, and so i took, I took a couple yeah uh, i took a couple deep breaths focused on something in the audience and just started talking and, and, and you know
2: yeah.
0: and then Jay was like well they was into it and they was like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes 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 mm, that's right mm-hmm. oh, that's and, it was, it was, and it was just a lovely gathering of people it was oh. so nice thank you to the DeKalb County um, uh, Library Foundation it was just a full circle moment being a kid from DeKalb County and awesome. you know going to the libraries as a kid and, and you know just seeing, you know, say it was just, it was crazy just being in the library and and, yeah. and you know being a part of something having my name, or yeah, yeah, this is a full circle moment, so it's just really really cool.
1: I wonder if they captured any of it on their socials. If anyone wanted to see any segment from taking, it,
0: they were taking photos, but there there I did have photos on my or any video or,
1: or footage. I mean, audio or video of it of the panel of anyone speaking. Um,
0: I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was, you know, they did take pictures and stuff like this. I'm hoping it'll be up soon. You know, it takes a while doing these type of things for sure. you know social media and all that for mm-hmm. for, for for the government. Because trust me, I work for the government, so it takes a while. Um, so mm-hmm. it it just takes a while for that type of thing. So hopefully they'll they'll post it. But I think the cutest thing was, and I talked about it on my Instagram, was these old ladies and these and these these older I'm not gonna say old, but these older women. And these book clubs had like little like little like little lion jackets <laughs> with their information on the back and like the oh money book club or whatever and with their names and the year it was started and all that so I was like look these book that clubs was so was cool. cool it was cute they need to step their thing up and get lion jackets girl it was cute <laughs> it was so real cute. cute but but hugging Janine mm-hmm. Milner and her telling me please keep going keep writing you know, we need your voice, blah, blah, blah. Like I was, I was in tears, but mm-hmm. it was really cool. And I got, and I met people who read the book. I was like, oh my God, this book was so good. I cried and I laughed oh and blah, 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 What are you doing next? And it, it was just such a cool feeling because um, I think, that was, I think this was the first time that I, well, I've signed books before, but this was the first time I actually had a designated book signing where oh I got goodness. to sign the books because when I went to One Love, my books had sold out and there were no books for me to sign. Oh
2: my goodness.
0: Um, before I even got there, the books had sold out. The the seller was like, I'm sorry, I don't even have any of your books because they sold out. Oh um so gosh. I didn't have anything to sign. I was just sitting there looking cute with candy in my basket and people just coming <laughs> by. Um but today, but but um Saturday was the first time I actually got to yeah. sign books and talk to yeah. people and take pictures and take pictures with people and um it was it was it was cool it was really it's cool a Wonderful, really, yeah yeah it was really really i really appreciate that so really excited for 2024 and what's gonna happen yeah. next because look you're
1: up there with the greats who are your peers now
0: and that's just what it is now that you belong there
1: that's what you say need. that it's it's where you are is where you're supposed to be you sitting next to Denine milner and presenting alongside her so
0: yeah, look at a, look at god yeah that was a lot that was a lot yeah. a lot the process like wow like it was a lot the process because i've never read like a lot of her books i mm-hmm. and then i and i so admire her because she also has a children's book imprint that focuses yeah. on black and brown kids most of which her books have been banned a lot mm-hmm. in, in in these in, this, in these days and age but um mm-hmm. it was really cool to um just talk to her and hug her and I got there's pictures of me hugging her that Jay took and stuff and he was like yeah. she's he was like she's really trying to keep it together but she's probably dying inside like he, he, <laughs> said he wasn't lying I was I was yeah. dying inside yeah I was like, you yeah. know I looked down seeing my little family there and seeing Tegan go go honey uh-huh. so that was that was good that was oh really man that's so, something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really cool. really Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, oh it was it? it was it was a dope one of the dopest things i have ever experienced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Amazing. Twenty twenty-three's been amazing. I can't wait to see what twenty twenty four brings for you. It
0: really has. It's it's been a it's been a it's been a year, you know. Like I said, the novella is coming out. It is mm-hmm. it will be out before Christmas. Don't start so, with uh, me. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm sorry. I ain't gonna say nothing then. I'll just let y'all know. They gonna mention this novella no more. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead.
1: But wait, so I'm no. But jokes aside, what were you saying? It'll be out. summer. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
2: Joggers.
1: Let's <laughs> not start. I'll be laughing all night. Oh. Not, but it'll be out before before 2023.
0: <laughs> 24. Before 2023 ends for sure, awesome. for sure, for sure. Awesome. Um, because I'm already working on book two in the series okay okay it's gonna be a three book series i already planned it out it's gonna be a three book series and it's gonna be you know it's gonna be spicy so my my little and i think
1: it's cool you've dabbled in that because i see how i remember when uh, like you had made a comment like you weren't going to be able to read as much because you have so much going on in your own Mm -hmm. writing and your own Mm -hmm. life because when we started the podcast you were reading a lot of novels and recommending Mm -hmm. them so you had kind of said well I'm going to need to pull back and I'll read some for pleasure but Mm -hmm. not like with that purpose of reviewing or recommending but now Mm -hmm. you are you've really taken to reading a lot of novellas and so I think Cool that you're doing this because there's such a market for people like yourself who want to read because you're a voracious reader, you enjoy it and you can get to them quickly. People like yes. me who don't really take the time to do it. So if I read something, it's got to be short and cute. So I'm just excited that you're now talking yeah. Into this. Yeah, I, think, I think that's going to be
0: my, I, I think, as, in, as the indie part of me, the indie part of my, my career, um, because I plan on doing traditional publishing and indie publishing. Traditional uh-huh. publishing will be more the longer length novels and stuff mm. like that. But the indie stuff will be the very short, quick, spicy things.
1: Makes um, sense. That people
0: can get through very quickly. And um,
1: that'll mostly be under a pen name you were saying.
0: Yeah, that's it, it's a new pen name. It's TM TM Richardson. Um so that's my that's my spicier pen name. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. and so when y'all see that you know it's me. But it's it'll mm-hmm. be just another another spicy little pen name. So Got an
1: edge to it. A mm-hmm. little yeah. more bra. Yeah, like
0: Yuki like said, spring, summer, the joggers <laughs> drop.
2: That's <laughs> when the joggers drop.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Keep my charade. <laughs> exactly. Oh, oh Bella's that. by tie. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Okay, so mm-hmm. last week, um. We talked we had an interview with Shinsi Shegu who is a book influencer. We had a good time talking to her. Um, who she we talked to her all the way from London, England. Um, and so um, that was fun. Um we also um <clears throat> excuse me, talked about uh, Cassie and Diddy and that mm-hmm. whole situation. Uh, we talked about Bruce Webb's baby, and then we also talked about Judy and the, uh, the brand. And then in books, I talked about Kiki Christmas Tales with Shanique, Twelve O One by Bella J, The Fines Family Series by a variety of authors, and Danielle Allen's Eats for Free and the Hot Holiday Hookups. And then in in, in uh, movies, we talked about several Christmas movies that were coming up, and we'll we'll do kind of a recap at the end about what we all watched because I know Yuki and I watched a lot of christmas movies over the (laughs) over the break childhood some of them were better than others but uh, we watched a lot of christmas movies over the break so yakini what's good in hot topics i know we got one that's real hot right now for the over 40 (laughs) set the over 40 crew (laughs) few things
1: happening now um so i guess everyone's buzzing about ashanti and nelly Mm-hmm. Um, Everyone's, you know, very excited about them. Once again, putting them on this pedestal or whatever. Uh, actually, no one's actually saying relationship goals, but mm-hmm. I think maybe it's very nostalgic for folks because they obviously were a hot item in the 90s during a period that I think is nostalgic for all of us. We were probably yes. in high school slash college at that time yes. and they were together. And then they went their separate ways and lived their separate lives and dated. And Nelly went on to, you know, have some couple of public relationships. He shares two children with his... ex and Ashanti doesn't have any children at all so they did kind of recently get back together recently as in I would say like the last several months it's new or as long as we've known it may may have been longer
0: I think it's been a year
1: been a year wow okay so it's been a year and my oh lord i thought it was like six months or so so they've been back together for a while it makes us happy makes us smile you know no talks of marriage and maybe that's not what they want to do like i see a lot of i hope he marries her this time around well that may not be what she wants or it may not be what they want but in any point something y'all like 43 Mm -hmm. she's 43 and nelly is 49 and like i said just want the baby And that's right. Right. She made me happy with that. So they did announce that recently everyone is really excited about it. And I guess feeling like maybe he'll propose now and that may not be what, what either of them want. So Mm -hmm. I'm happy for them with, with this announcement. I feel like it's a new day and you take whatever route you want to take. And it may be traditional and non-traditional, but I think it's exciting. I like that, you know, women are having babies now, you know, later it's safer now I remember when I had consulted with my um my GYN a few years ago back when I thought I might actually still have a third that ship has sailed I'm not interested in that however at the time when I was talking to her (laughs) she told me that I could very safely do it up until 45 and she Mm -hmm. said you can have a baby past 45 but she said you know 45 and before she said um you know, you can have a baby, it would be a regular pregnancy, I wouldn't have you on any kind of special precaution, whatever. And she said, you know, because she said, really, as long as you're having a regular period, a regular menstrual cycle, you can get pregnant. She said, if you chose to have a baby after age 45, into or 46, she said it would be considered what's well, considered a geriatric pregnancy, I believe after like 35. But work. she said it would be considered a little more high risk. But she said, I would monitor you, you know, I might put you on bed rest a little bit earlier, or not Bed rest, but I might ask you to start maternity leave a little earlier, <laughs> and things like that. Monitor for preeclampsia and the gestational diabetes. But she said it can be done, so I think Ashanti will have a very healthy baby. And I'm wishing her and Nelly the best and stuff like that.
0: Ooh, I, th- I think I, th- I like it. I like it. I like that they're both grown with their own day money. So if she mm-hmm. wants to have a baby by this man, so be it. You know, that's her business. She's over, like you said, she's over forty. Um, and as long as she's safe, and you know, we you know black women with these uh maternity rates is just hurt horrible. Yes. even yes. if you're rich, because we've seen Serena Williams, some other people talk about you know the pregnancy and how they were treated. Um, mm. but you know, we're gonna pray for Shanti and pray that she has a safe. Healthy pretty, I think Nelly is fucking over the moon. Like that man is so I ain't never seen all his teeth like that. <laughs> <He> <laughs> he's so showing all 32 since he's been with this woman. Like he looks like, so happy and I mean he looks mm-hmm. so dang happy to get his old thing back. And I'm yeah. going for him, yeah. you know, let yeah. that man let yeah. that man be
1: be happy. Yeah. So so congrats to them. I feel like 2023 has all been all about kind of people spinning the block. And I know some people have strong opinions about it. Would you spin the block or not? I really think, you know, it's a case by case basis. And I'm one to never say never, because I feel like as we grow older, we grow wiser. And we also we date and we kind of learn what else is out there and you realize the things that are really important to you. And sometimes somebody you dated when you were 25, 30, 35, 40, by the time you're 55 or whatever, 50, that may be that may be the right fit for you. You know, because maybe yeah. y'all broke up because your life circumstances just you weren't yoked at that time. And
0: you yep. might be today. So I
1: say never yep. say never.
0: I
3: you know, know unless
1: somebody... there was something crazy going on.
0: Yeah. I know somebody who Got married to this person, got divorced, mm-hmm. married two other times in between. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Finally they came back to each other. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. they've been together ever since.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's wow. what happens sometimes. I think when you're supposed to be with someone, the universe will naturally bring you back to them. So
2: I, bring you back I to love her. that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So speaking of kind of older couples and, and dating and relationships. So One couple, Tracy Edmonds and Deion Sanders, both of them previously married um, Tracy Edmonds to Babyface Edmonds, and Deion Sanders was married to Pilar. I believe he had another wife as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Pilar is beautiful. He he selects beautiful women. But anyway... they date. They they had started dating in 2012. That's when they met. They met at an industry party. He found her to be beautiful and got her information, you know, from like an agent manager or whatever. And then they they began a long distance relationship. And then they finally were engaged in 2019. Um, and so from 2012 to 2023, what is that? Eleven years? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so for the majority of the relationship was actually long distance. Um, because Dion has his two children, I believe it's two or maybe it's three, and Tracy has two boys with baby face.
2: Right. Um,
1: and so you know, Tracy just described how it's her, and her She kind of reminded me of myself. She said, you know, as a single mom raising the boys, it's always been the three of them. She's always had full-time custody. Of course, Babyface helps financially, and he's present in their lives. But she just says that her and her boys are very, very close, very close-knit, small family. And so she said, you know, she always was very busy with her life. She has a very rich career, as you know, directing, producing, things like that. And of course, Dion has a whole lot going on in addition to his children, who all play sports. He also is a coach and a number of things. And they both said, like, throughout the course of these past 11 years, um, you know, they both never desired to actually move to the same state and live together. They both kind of said they respected the fact that they had so much going on. So they didn't even have like a set schedule to see each other. They said it all happened very organically. One would visit the other, vice versa. They would spend time together. And it made sense. It wasn't even like a a set Well, we got to talk every single day this many times a day she said they just kind of went with the flow and it worked for them and so now they kind of decided to part ways they ended the engagement mm-hmm. and I they neither of them offered a reason but both put out really beautiful statements I actually was going to read them but there's no need um really beautiful statements you know saying really just kind of expressing how much they love and respect the other and you know how they both decided to kind of end things and go their separate way but that they plan to remain good friends Mm -hmm. kind of alluding to maybe they were open to something in the future but right now this is kind of what makes sense for them and just kind of wishing each other the best and i thought it was really beautiful like it seems like it worked for the time that it worked and it made sense in a way that made them happy and maybe they realized like let's not do this anymore like you know maybe it just didn't make sense anymore Mm -hmm. for them Mm -hmm. um and that's all they're saying now so I, maybe there's more to the story, but I don't think we need we need more. You know um, what?
0: I don't think if I was there, there at their point in their careers where they're wealthy, they mm-hmm. have their own independent thing going on.
1: And both are 56 years old. So they're almost like the exact same age.
0: I ain't trying to move in with no man. I mm-hmm. ain't trying to hear you breathing in my ear. I ain't trying to, hear, I, you know, we meet up when we meet up. Yeah. 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 hook up when we hook up we have a good time when we have a good time and we're gonna leave it at that I don't I don't need I don't need I wouldn't need that especially if I've yeah. already been married before I'm settled in my ways yeah you know I I I I wouldn't need that I just wouldn't need it. absolutely
1: absolutely and I I respect that they kind of didn't adhere to any rigid, strict schedule and respect yeah. each other's busy lives and yeah. family commitments. And I also feel like at my age, like I, I almost feel, I, I get anxious sometimes because I, the guys I date, I feel like they talk about those things, marriage and next steps. And in my head, I'm kind of like, I don't know that I ever need to get married. And I certainly mm-hmm. don't want to share my space with anyone. And maybe I'll feel differently in the future, but I, I could really see myself having one of those non traditional marriages if it's yep. a marriage at all. We live close by. Maybe we even next door neighbors and we have a little yes. tunnels to each other's house. And yes. you spend some <laughs> nights at mine and I spend some nights at yours. Yes. But yes. I, I don't need to people are setting their ways at this point. People mm. are setting their ways and stuff like I know when I visit my boyfriend's house, he has a beautiful home and he's made comments like, yeah, you know, one day if you live here and I'm just kind of <laughs> smiling and giving him this I'm like, oh, I love okay. my house and he loves his house. And I feel like we have a good thing going on. We don't need to like, we don't need to mess that up. But so I think sometimes people have to understand things don't have to always be so traditional and stuff right. like that. Especially as we, if we get and that. when they when you have this kind of money involved, Tracy and Dion. And it's, and it's tied up and you have the kids and she has her inheritance for her boys her and baby face and dion yeah. and stuff but you don't need to mix up marriage and and the all body, that stuff but yeah you know be like a goldie hawn and what's what's her husband Art her Russell. Boy, Kurt Russell her partner that works for for them and stuff but anyway yeah so yeah and both of them still look Great, Tracy They're and doing. Dion. They can continue to date others if they want. They won't mm. have any problems finding new partners. And maybe life will bring them back together if that's what they want. If you know? Want. Yeah. If that's yeah. what they want.
0: Well, good luck to them. I know yeah. They're
1: gonna find somebody else.
0: hmm
1: mm-hmm. I'm sorry, one more point that as I was reading comments and people were like, Oh my god, well, you know, he, Engaged for that long. He never planned on marrying her. She should have left. that da, da, da A man knows one to two to three years if he's gonna marry. Her. I don't even think it was about that. This these were <laughs> older, these are middle-aged folks. Yeah. I don't think this was a like he strung her along, he played games, he proposed and she's waiting and pining for that wedding date. I doubt that. I really doubt that. I think they're just too
0: damn busy to to settle on anything.
1: It just probably stopped making sense. You know, it stopped making sometimes. It's like Oprah and man.
0: It don't make sense for her to get married at this point. Exactly. Exactly. That is exactly that's
1: a great analogy. And then lastly, speaking of, I guess, reconciliations and kind of the universe finding, you know, you making your way back to your love, Tamar Braxton and Jeremy Robinson. This is the uh, Caucasian guy, the white guy she met on the dating show. Mm. She was on her dating show with Evelyn Lozada and Nivia, and by the end of the show, Nivia had remained had chosen to remain single. Um, And of course, Evelyn and Tamar were both engaged. Now, Evelyn's, I'm sorry, Evelyn's uh, engagement has since been called off. But Tamar and Jeremy continued to date and had a very public relationship. You know, it's it's Tamar. They even had a YouTube channel together. And Logan Mm -hmm. seemed to be really close to to, uh, Jeremy as well. And then very abruptly, you know, on the shade room suddenly Jeremy was pinning long messages and (sighs) putting on his Instagram about how he doesn't need this drama in his life and you know he doesn't need people bringing him down and kind of alluding to it being Tamar and just kind of a very negative dark messy way of ending the relationship Tamar claimed she was blindsided by it and and she also went on live and talked about it. it just kind of was messy and anyway they went their separate ways and now, not even are we even a month after that. Maybe a month and a half later, they're back together. Um, during their little time apart, Jeremy was spotted out with Tommy, who is a reality star, formerly on Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, and I believe she's on like Baddies, of, one of those shows. One of Baddies them, uh, East or whatever. Oh Jesus! One <laughs> of them Pe- not not Peacock. Which one? Is- Zeus? Zeus Network? Luke? Oh goodness! So yes. <laughs> kind of associated with like the Krishan Krishan and N- Natalie Nutton. So that whole group or whatever. So she's there. So anyway, he was spotted out with her. Maybe it was a date, maybe it wasn't. But it was interesting because a day or so later, not even a full week later him and tamar were kind of seen together in some pictures seen out and then he went on instagram he took to instagram to you know profess his love for tamar If, if in you know say that he you know sometimes you have to lose someone to appreciate them and kind of all of the things that he wants to do to become a better person for her for her talking about how you know hurt people hurt people and referring to himself you know I I was hurt. I was damaged by some things in my past, and I acted out and took it out on her, and she didn't deserve that. And I mean, it was just a very interesting one eighty that he did. Not sure what what um what brought it on, but it, you know, it is what it is. Jeremy has several children, I think, from a couple of different women, a few different women, which had been kind of the criticism in the beginning. But you know they both are are happy and in love again. I hope this time around it works out for them if that's what if that's what they both want. And maybe this time they'll they'll keep it out of the public eye because everything doesn't have to be for us, you know what I mean? And sometimes yeah. things can go better when you just kind of have a private and discreet relationship. So anyway, yeah. child.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I hope all I hope things work out for them. Well, I mean, we'll see. <laughs> or, or you could just be <laughs> by yourself. Like
1: that And there's nothing really wrong with that, that either. Exactly.
0: <laughs> ladies you don't have to be with anybody just, mm-hmm. just be okay being alone yeah like, it's yeah. okay to be alone you mm-hmm. can be alone and not be lonely you can fill your life with so many other things yes. and not be lonely you know i when i hear the sisters on um tiktok a, a lot of time, it's so sad to me and i want to cry because mm-hmm. they're just like they're lonely to the mm-hmm. point where they don't go out the house and they just like are like very touch starved and you know oh. they don't want nobody you know these these some of these dudes is this scandalous you know what i mean like you you think you meet a nice dude and here you know, they up they, they trying to be a hobo sexual and move in their house because they homeless or right. trying to ruin your credit or whatever or just just playing games you know that's a shame and it just, it's just sad that a lot of our young sisters and some of our older women, women our age are very you know you know lonely and touch starved and wanting to just be with, with somebody it don't matter just any old piece of man they'll take yeah, um, yeah. And, and it shouldn't be like that you should just give yourself a break and just yeah reevaluate what you'll do i don't like to watch my sisters crying and saying i'm lonely i'm hurt i don't know if i'm gonna i'm probably gonna die alone I'm oh god single you know and then me be out here playing 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 until they like 50 something to my um I guess I better uh. I better Get myself together. I guess I better get, together. Together. I oh, I better get my shit me. together, and <laughs> I, that's just like you—you you don't waste somebody's prime years. Yeah, but then yeah. you get to you get to your, and then you want to date somebody in their twenties and their thirties, and you in your fifties. <laughs> These are <men>. and, then, <laughs> and then and then then young women, young you know women our age sometimes dating men in their 20s and 30s and i'm just like that's not gonna go anywhere like not, not for real for real you know mm-hmm. it's, it's and he might still want a family and some things that you may not be yeah. able
1: to you might end up yeah. getting hurt
0: even though you we, we just talked about having babies you know at a at a later age mm-hmm. it, it's, it's but still if a you are established and you're saying yeah. even though
1: you can do it do you want to do it you know what i'm saying right. Right. You want to because I can but I don't want to meet because I think I said share before in here. I was dating a younger guy. For me, it was just fun. But he was talking about future stuff and it kind of freaked me out because I have my two boys and stuff. And he was much younger and he I know he he was a Nigerian man and I know he wanted to have a big family. And in my head, I was like, I might have one more in me. Uh And I don't even know if I want to do that. But I certainly don't have as many as you want and what you need. And I knew that was the wrong place for me to be.
0: Well my shop my shop is closed. Your shop is closed.
1: It doesn't have to be closed.
0: It no ma'am. It is closed. It is closed. The door it is, is shut. It is shackled. It is it is it is locked up. It is closed. <laughs> it is absolutely positive closed. I had such a traumatic pregnancy. I'm not going through that again, you know. Yeah. I was I on the verge that. of on my deathbed I, and that's not even an exaggeration. So yeah, I'm just no. like, ah, nah, nah, yeah. nah. The older and stuff is not going to be probably mm, worse. It'll better. Be worse. It'll be yeah. worse. Um, I'm good. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm I, good. So if God forbid <laughs> something happened to me and mine or whatever and I meet somebody someone, oh, I'm someone like, will kill my brother, I can't not do nothing for you. you. Yeah. Uh, find somebody else. Get somebody, yeah. else get, somebody, get somebody else to
1: do it. Get somebody else to do it. That's it. And, it. and understandably that could be a deal breaker for someone and that's fine because people deserve to have you know have what have that if they want that or whatever
0: it's just not going to be with me or you mm-hmm. so blessings to ashanti yes blessings to tamar and i mm-hmm. hope dion and tracy are at peace yes themselves. <laughs> yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right you guys that's it for hot topics in romance uh we'll be right back with an interview with author wine sommelier a journalist lawyer a kind of a renaissance woman uh, miss nikki blair so you all stay tuned and enjoy our interview with nikki blair awesome. we'll be right back <laughs> hi everyone welcome to another episode of romance and color i am one half of the duo here at romance and color Tati richardson and i am here with this week's interview miss nikki blair nikki how are you blessed and highly favored how are you i'm awesome thanks for coming on to the podcast so first of all tell us a little bit about
3: yourself where you're from and you know all that good stuff all right all right um Nikki Blair, that's my name. Uh, right, romance, that's my game. I am. I be rapping sometimes, not for real, for real. Please don't quote me on that. <laughs> but uh, I'm originally from Florida. I'm a Southern girl, and mm-hmm. I'm originally from Jacksonville, Florida. I got to say the whole city. Gotta okay, say- Duval. Duval. Ooh, don't get. Please don't get me hyped. Please don't get me hyped. <laughs> That's like uh, my, my husband born in Duval so oh he's great he's <laughs> wonderful that's a girl you got a good man uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah so originally for Jacksonville Florida um, I started writing in 2017 that's when I put my first book out and when I mm-hmm. was getting into being a indie author it was actually like a side thing it was a hobby mm-hmm. I'm an attorney by trade so okay. I was still Doing with the Howard philosophy, H U, you know, and I uh, was writing books on the side. I worked in politics as like a legislative attorney, and outside of that, you know, I started writing romance, and it really grew a lot more than I thought it would, and mm-hmm. that led to me now, you know, doing this full time. And my last book I put out is titled Melody. I released that in July of last year,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and it was uh probably my most extensive project and you know, i worked with aquarius 8 a- creative agency to do the cover it's a beautiful cover um i got some black girls who write award nominations for it mm-hmm. so it has really been just Honestly, a testimony to how good God is when you step out on faith and you follow the gifts that he's given you and follow what he's put in your heart. I'm really passionate about Black romance. I think that black love is beautiful it's special Mm -hmm. and i try to incorporate it into everything i do outside of being a writer i have a radio show it's titled clean space where perfect verses and tight beats reign supreme it's a little shout out to brown sugar which is my favorite (laughs) favorite all time (laughs) and uh also in that space you know i really try to elevate love, elevate black love. And I'm also a wine consultant. And for me, that ties in as well, because not only do I drink a lot of wine while writing, but as I've been on this journey of like getting my certification to be a sommelier, oh, I have found, thank you, thank you. I have found that even just like the characteristics of like my favorite wine, um, which is Cabernet Sauvignon, it, it, it reminds me of black love. It is it's bold, it's spicy, it's 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 its own great. You know, I could go on for, for days and days, but I I I see black love everywhere. It's it it is it is everything to me. So it's a blessing to be able to be in this space and be a part of black romance.
0: Awesome. You covered so much I want to talk about, but we'll go a little piece by piece as we go through <laughs> things. So the first question I want to ask you that I ask everybody that comes on the podcast is when did you fall in love with you talk about brown sugar when did you fall in love <laughs> uh with romance and 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 what was the what was the first romance that you ever remember reading
3: Ooh, that's a hard question um so i definitely i've always been a lover girl i'm a cancer so like that's just like a part of my my whole mm. little vibe i love love uh, but i would definitely say i really started getting into black romance when i was studying for the bar my uh, aunt had Black Romance Chat books, you know, like Black Romance books, and she had the Brenda Jackson books. she from Duval as well. Shout out, Chris Jackson. And my daddy went to high school with her, so I'd be super excited all the time to say that. <laughs> Shout out, Rain. Shout out, Rain's High School. Anyway, um, so <laughs> I was reading those books kind of as a, a release from studying for the bar, which is a really intensive process. Yeah. And it was like my little escape, and I started going to. As I went through all my auntie books, I started going to the library and just like checking out every single black romance book they had. I definitely know probably like one of the first ones I read was definitely a Brenda Jackson book, and I know it was that cowboy series she has. This is the Westmoreland. Orleans. I think that's yeah, yeah. yeah. Westmoreland. That's, yeah. that's where I started. That's where I started. Yeah. But through th- through that, I started reading a lot of Pharaoh Sean books. Um, oh man, one of my favorite, favorite authors, and it still kind of blows my mind to even like correspond with her at the times that I do, um, Delaney Diamond, I love her books, and that's like really where I started, and Nia Forrester, and that's when I just really was like, oh wow, there are super dope Black women who are doing this, and then, you know, find out they're doing it independently was, um, was very motivating for me. And I always wanted to write. I always wanted to be a writer. I have a journalism background. I went to undergrad for journalism. But, you know, in that school of thought, romance is not taken seriously. So I started in like music journalism and that's in entertainment. And that's what I really wanted to stick with. I ended up being a lawyer. That's a whole other story. Uh, but when I finally got back to writing romance, it really felt like coming home, it felt like coming back to myself.
0: right i hope i answered your question absolutely absolutely so you say you're a lawyer by trade and it's so funny like i don't know what it is about law but we've had a lot of lawyers on on the podcast who also write romance what do you think it is about being a lawyer that kind of leads to the to the romance (laughs) (laughs) because we we need it (laughs)
3: because we need love we need (laughs) love we need love, um, and you know actually, like because Nia Forrester or Nia Forrester is an attorney also yeah, um, yeah. there there are a lot of us um i I really think it's the uh, in the in the practice of law, you are really forced to suspend imagination if it's not a fact that's on the paper, if it's not you know research that you can read and or mm-hmm. see, um it's not in, it's not allowed, it's not included in and in you are really you're really pigeonholed as far as like, you know, your 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 ability to be creative uh, in a way, in a way. I, I would definitely say like in the type of law that I practice, I did politics. I was definitely allowed to be more creative than others, you know, because I was mm-hmm. writing laws, writing legislation, stuff that didn't exist and making it real. So that was, that was, that was, you know, more of a creative outlet for me, but it still, it still wasn't as, um, as in depth as I wanted to be, and then I also just think that you know lawyers are writers. Everything that we do is based right. in our ability to write. So mm-hmm. I think those two things uh, put together is what really kind of leads us down that path of wanting to create worlds that are probably better than what we <laughs> what we're what we're involved in at the time. <laughs> right. Right.
0: So you're saying that you kind of got into writing romance while you were in law school and stuff how in the world did you like balance that and what was like one of the first things that you wrote um as an author that you were like okay I, I think I got something here
3: oh that's a that's a tough question I so I really started like writing writing doing like fan fiction I did that back when I was in high school and stuff like that on like the b2k fan fishing boards. Um, that was <laughs> yeah that's that's like where i really kind of started but my first um thing that i ever actually really were actually started as a ghostwriter so when i started in politics fresh out of law school um you don't get paid a lot and so to supplement my income i was ghostwriting for romance And I was like, them books is going number one. And I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm paying, you know, I'm getting paid on the the front end for this ghost writing, but you know, I could really, really take a stab at this. I think the first time I really felt like something was good enough to give to other people uh, was definitely my first book, Fortunate. It came out in 2017, but I had been writing on it for a while, like, at my job, on my lunch break, like that very stereotypical kind of thing. Yeah. And a home girl of mine, who is also in politics, uh, she, you know, had mentioned to me in past, and she was just like, "Girl, I really want to read a, a good romance." And I was like, "Well, girl, I'm working on something." And I sent it to her, and she liked it, and so that really encouraged me to like go further and actually finish the book, mm-hmm. because I had started writing a lot of things, but hadn't been confident enough to really release them. And then also gotta give a huge shout out to Tay Russ because, and DL White, uh, they're two black indie authors because mm-hmm. I was reading their stuff and also engaging with them on social media and kind of put it in, especially Tay Russ's ear that I was interested in maybe trying to do a little something, something. Mm-hmm. And she just like immediately took the time to coach me on mm-hmm. how to get on Amazon and KDP and like all of that. and. I I owe so much of everything that I am especially to those two because they really took time to invest in me when they didn't have to
0: yeah Dia Dia is a jam she's a friend too she's she's awesome she's she's total jam she's here in Atlanta with me and she's she's a dope she's a dope dope person um so I you mentioned like ghostwriting for romance I've never heard anybody say they ever I've, I've heard people say they ghost you know being ghost writers for like memoirs and things like that but so how does ghost writing for romance work
3: Ooh, so you kind of start with how I was doing it was I was doing outline so I would. I was putting together like outlines of entire series. So I was doing the plot, the subplot, I was naming the characters. Mm -hmm. I was, I mean, from beginning to end, and it was like 10 book series. And so you would get paid for however many outlines that you were doing, and then you would turn them in. And then after you turned them in, you were done with them. You never saw them again. And I think just like one day, on just having nothing to do i like typed in the characters names like they didn't change the character name they didn't change nothing and it was completely under a totally different different author which is okay you know because that's what i signed up for as a writer. but that's what really showed me because like all of those books were like number one on amazon Mm -hmm. and that's what made me be like "Uh, i should try this on my own
0: yeah 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 instead of having somebody else take credit for the book or the work that you did it's time for you to put your, you know, face forward and on the things that you that you wrote. That's what's up. That's dope. Yeah. So t- tell me about that, getting into the mind frame of writing and what the process of writing looks like for you. Are you a plotter? Are you a pantser? Are you, you just said, mentioned outlines. Do you outline everything? Do you, you know, what what, what is a typical writing space and daylight for Nikki Blair?
3: So for me, a writing, it really kind of starts with, I always start with a heroine. I always start with the the lead first. I think maybe because I am a Black woman, I write Black women, so that's kind of where I zero in first. And I build out her world, you know, who she is, what she's interested in, you know, what kind of love she's seeking, what... Um, what kind of love she has for herself that she's building on like what is her life like and I really generally start my books like dropping you into the world of the heroine because to me that's just where everything starts I don't outline I don't outline anything I've tried it don't work for me, Um, and I really also I freestyle a lot of it it's all writing and stream of consciousness for me. So Mm -hmm. I, my editor, I love my editor. I need my editor and my betas because without them, what y'all would get is just literally me sitting at the keyboard going, you know, just writing. And I go scene for scene. I can't even go out of order. There are some people who can, I can't. I also have to, I, I write all the dialogue. I write everything literally like as I go. Um, which I'm finding as I talk to other writers, they don't do it like that. Um, so it's really interesting how organized people are. I don't think that I am, but it works. It works for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't. I think I'm a mix of the two. I'm not really like a a planter, a a plot, and a you know pants <laughs> all at the same time. <laughs> so you say you you focus a lot on Black love and Black themes what do you would you say is the overall core theme of what a nikki blair romance is about
3: for me it's and i was actually in a group uh monique fisher does this group where we all kind of get together on sundays and we talk mm-hmm. and we were talking about you know like they asked me the same question and they told me i better say this answer if i ever get asked this question again so i gotta sure I say it like for me, if it doesn't have laughter, is it really love? Like it has to, it has to be funny. It has to be funny. If there's not a joke, if there's not a, a, a funny um, humorous character, generally my heroines are really funny. Like if, if mm-hmm. there's not, if it's not there, then it's not me. You gotta be laughing if it's a Nikki Blair book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like, I do black jokes. You know, I do jokes about black culture. So if you're not in the culture, you might not get it. You might not think my books are funny. Right. But, <laughs> but if you are an avid uh, black culture engager, <laughs> if that's even a real <laughs> phrase, then they'll be funny to you. Um, I also think a thing that really kind of makes me stand out is I do contemporary. So I remember when... We were first in the pandemic you know there was a lot of conversation about whether or not you should include COVID-19 in your books and I definitely did because that's what I was writing in at the time with the books mm-hmm. that I had released then because uh, for me I am I'm living in this life and a lot of what I see and experience in my real life is, you know, reflected in the books in some way, shape, or form. Um, I do try to put a little piece of me in in every book.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
3: for me to do that, I got to talk about what's going on. And that may, you know, people always say, you're not worried that's not going to date your book. But even if it does, I don't care because I think it's important for people to know what was happening at that time. Maybe that's mm-hmm. like the journalistic side of me, like a mm-hmm. little time stamp on it. But To me, I think that that's important because when people are reading whatever they're reading from me, I want them to laugh. I want them to know what was going on like historically around that time. And I want them to feel the love. And I think the last thing that really stands out or for me that I hope stands out is that you get a full understanding that like God is love. And that is a big part of of my writing. I it, I don't do Christian romance because it's sex in my books, so I don't. <laughs> so I don't want. Don't pick it up thinking it's sex and it's cussing and it's it's other under- right, stuff. So, cool. right. so, so don't. Look, think God it, can be there too, you know. Listen, the Bible says that if I make my bed in hell, the Lord will be there with me. So, yes. um, uh, the Lord is everywhere. But, uh, so I, I, but I do like to give that disclaimer because I don't want people thinking that they're going to get something that's G-rated if I read right. my books. But I do want people to understand that in every aspect of love, God is there. And especially if, like, for Black women, the things that we deal with on a regular basis, sometimes it's hard for us to trust that God will bring that kind of love to us but i i really want to show especially black women that it's real and yeah. god is real and his love is real and you know it's deeper than just waiting on your bow ass like what he has for you is very specifically for you and he does have it for you you mentioned something
0: about like you know black love being real and and what you want to to display is laughter and love and realness and stuff What how do you feel about when people say well you know, I can't relate to black romance because it doesn't feel realistic, or you know, it just like that type of love, just with two black people, particularly what they're saying is black men. I guess doesn't feel real or authentic or whatever. What what is your attitude or or, or argument for or against yes, that type of of thinking?
3: Live a little longer, experience. You know, because I. I definitely can say, you know, coming from the background that I have, I didn't always see what I wrote, what I write about growing up. That's not something that was a part of my everyday life. But as I got older, and I lived more, went more places and, and even outside of living more, uh, became more in tune with myself, got mm-hmm. a better idea of what I'm looking for in love and, and what you know I want for me and knowing that without a doubt that's a black man, mm-hmm. I had to um I had to ask myself like that question, do I even really believe what I'm writing?
2: Mm-hmm. And
3: as I as I started to like really push myself to not only believe what I was writing, but put my wild, like my wildest dreams, my deepest prayers in my book sometimes about, you know, the man that I wanted for me. Mm. I, um, I had to confront that like head on. And so my response to them is, you know, give a little faith. You can't, you can't, you can't um, you can't have it both ways either you right. believe that it's real and you're going to live in it and walk in it and believe it and wait for it to come when it comes and not try to push and make it happen in your own timeline because I think that happens a lot especially with black women like I'm a career woman so you know I'm 30 or whatever mm-hmm. and people try to tell me that uh, maybe my best days are behind me some people try to tell me that my best days are ahead of me you know whatever you, wherever it falls but um Sorry, I'm,
0: give me one second
3: right.
0: okay now where were we <laughs> you
3: asked me a good question
0: <laughs> yeah, a good question i don't forget what i said but um,
3: you oh you asked me what do i say to people who who oh, yeah. think that black love is not real and like my response to them is um Give a little faith, like just live a little longer. And also, are you, do you even really know what you're looking for? I find a lot of people who are in that space where they don't believe that it's real. When I start asking them, like, well, what makes it not feel real to you? What parts are, not like, what parts feel fake? Um, they have a hard time telling me, like, number one, what they want and what parts don't feel authentic to them. Right. And, you know, a lot of times it's just you. I can only speak for my own self, not having done that self work to really know what you want and also i think that you can really get caught up in how things look and versus like how things really are a lot of people are very focused on having an aesthetic and that's cool and that's fine because i believe in that you know you want to look good you want it to look good but ultimately i want it to be good more than i want it to look good and that is about knowing specifically what you want and searching and waiting for what's specifically for you so maybe you haven't found it yet maybe you haven't seen it yet but do you know yourself enough to know it when it finds you and Mm. are you even in the space to even really receive it because Mm. that work I've had to do for myself um seeing is believing and there have been a lot of times where I have had to like challenge myself to receive and that is um a hard space to be in because you kind of think that you got it all figured out. Uh, but when you are, when something that you feel is too good to be true is put in your face, like how do you respond? And that has been, that has been a life lesson for me. And I thank God for even just giving me the awareness to know that that's something I needed to work on to be able to actually receive the love that I'm seeking. And oh. that to me plays a big part in why some people don't feel that it's real. Maybe they're just not even in the space to really receive it, which is maybe it's easier for them to just believe it's not real.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you make some, you make some excellent points. And i I can tell that for you, writing romance <clears throat> and part of like the world building for you or building up the world of romance for you is also about creating sort of this cultural healing space for love and black love and black relationships um so so what for you is sort of like um what are you trying to to appeal to like your broader audience when you're trying to build the world that you're trying to create when you're writing oh, i'm a to keep <laughs> yes
3: yeah, no that's a good question i'm keeping it stacked with you i am literally only trying to appeal to myself I, <laughs> I really i really write uh for me i really write like very very specifically for um for black women mm-hmm. and even deeper like real regular black women um mm. i you know i really i write bonnets and scarves and and like because I, I i want i I want you to know that you, by yourself, without any extra accoutrement, whether your hair is natural, whether it's a wig, whether it's a weave, whether it's braids, edges, no edges, whatever. <laughs> yeah, Clear skin, not clear skin, short, tall, whatever. Like, I just really want regular everyday black women to like see themselves being loved and I really also you know right now every book that I've written so far has heterosexual couples but I'm really trying to even get to a space where I expand outside of that I I'm always I haven't taken that step yet because I don't know how authentically I could do it but Mm -hmm. I just I really am adamant about that that's, that's the only one I'm writing for and that's my audience it's just that's it that's that's really it and so like all my baiters are just regular black women I'm really not here to um do anything for anybody else I mean if if you like it it, because you read it and it, it works for you and you're into it great wonderful I love that I absolutely do uh but for me I feel like there's enough for everybody else out there I don't believe that there's enough of just us being loved and so I really just write I write for me like if I if I read it and I like it you know if it provides a release for me if it's a creative outlet for me then that's a check mark in my book yeah
0: yeah yeah so what initially kind of drew you to say the indie space of things versus like traditional publishing what was one of the few things that kind of drew you to that space?
3: Honestly, publishing traditional publishing has so many obstacles to get started. Like you have to number one, you have to have so much buy-in, uh, bef- to get to get into traditional public. And I had no buy-in. <laughs> like I was nobody. I was a whole lawyer, so people honestly were like, "What are you doing? Why are you doing that?" Like,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and also I think the other side of indie is that I was still allowed to like live my regular day-to-day life like I could still do my nine-to-five I could manage my own schedule I wrote when I wanted to write and there was nobody telling me what was good what wasn't good like I said I write for me and so when you're in that traditional publishing space yes you you have way more people to answer to than, than you do when you're indie. When you're indie, the only person's opinion that matters is yours. And I've grown. I've definitely grown to include more people in my process as mm. I have, as I have matured. But when I started out, I was making the covers. I was doing the editing. I was doing the writing. It was all me because mm. number one, my books are my babies. So I really didn't feel comfortable like what other people uh put in their hands. I love my child. But- <laughs> But the other part of it was, uh, it was, it was very low barrier. You know, you could write a book, get it out, and you didn't have to jump through all those hoops and do all that dancing that you had to do for traditional publishing. So that's really, honestly, why I went the indie route.
0: Yeah. yeah, And we touched a little bit about schedule. Let's talk about, like, when you're busy, you're doing a lot, you got a radio show, you got, you got this you writing, you're working, what is like a typical schedule for you, and when you get like in the weeds, and you have like writer's block, and you don't know where to turn, how do you get out of those moments?
3: Uh, I hate to sound so cliche, but it's really hard to have a typical day, because everything is dependent on you, and so you you got to be able to pivot and move. Um I do all of my marketing, I do all of my press cuz I have a communications background. So, honestly, a majority of my time is spent on that. Just making sure that I am make that everything is up to date. Everything is um current, relevant, looking good, you have a presence. You want to make sure you have a social media presence. You want to make sure, you know, all your stuff is is looking right and that takes time. Uh, but also the managing of like my schedule is really dependent on my deadlines. Like deadlines, I live by deadlines. That's, that's high key what it is. Um, when a book is coming out, that's all that's going on. So, you know, all your deadlines for that, making sure you you got your rollout nice, make sure you're doing your meetings to get your cover done, to get your your editing done, like all of that. Uh, but then outside of that, the other things that I do, they really fold well into writing. You know, I'm really blessed to have a radio show that's like really my show. They let me do what I want. So I have writers come on the show. I have, you know, like I have People, I have like wine enthusiasts come on the show. So I'm always, I'm always able to kind of make it work and make it fit. But that's just truly the blessing of having so many spaces where um, I'm allowed to be myself and be creative and be free. Uh, but a, a typical day is like really just day by day trying to meet my deadlines. I keep to-do lists. I live by a to-do list, mm-hmm. like live, live by a to-do list, live by my calendar live by my app. And I also have to give a huge shout out to my assistant because without her, like I would not be as organized as I am. And honestly, the biggest thing that my assistant does is make sure that I um stay attuned to my real life. A big part of being indie is you're doing everything by yourself and your whole life can become about your books and your work. Can making sure you're networking, making sure you're at the events, making sure you're posting, et cetera, et cetera. And like my assistant is very much in the space of, did you work out today? Did you eat what you're supposed to eat today? Did you, you know, did you sign up for your own personal things, your doctor's appointments, like that kind of stuff. Like I, that is a huge help for me. Uh, when I get into a space of writer's block, I really try to, I really try to, remind myself of like, why I'm doing this. I take a lot of time in solitude and I just take a step back. You can get really caught up in trying to do it when, you're, when you said you were gonna do it. Back to DOA, I always remember a conversation I was writing my last book and I was over deadline. And she was like, the book is done and the book is done, Nick. Right. Like, like, you know, like, don't, don't do that to yourself. And so when I get in those spaces of like writer's block, I really take a step back and I just live my life. And honestly, like, it always gets me to where I need to be to start writing again. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You also mentioned a community, you know, writers that you're in community with, like Mm -hmm. D.L. White, like Monique Fisher. How does, like, a community of other writers of of color, of the Black women, like, help you with your own kind of process in writing?
3: It's everything, because you don't feel alone. You don't feel isolated. It's how you get validation. Now, this is like a very isolating job, especially mm-hmm. because like your whole world is in your head. Everything, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. so, you, so you, 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 you have to be around other people who understand you, who understand your struggles, what you're going through, who give you that encouragement. I have been in a number of spaces. I'm very blessed to have a lot of communities that support me, but there is none. Like the black indie writer space, like it's, and black indie writer women especially, the bosses. Can I say bitch? The bosses, bitches, I ever met a day in my Ew. life. They are juggling so many hats. Some of them be wives and moms on top of all this, yes, and nice. it it blows my mind. I'm just a little old me. I ain't got no husband, child. I ain't got no children, so <laughs> it's just me. And like the fact that they're able to like to do all of this while still managing that, like that's, shoot, that's what get me up out of my writer's block. I'd be like, girl, write some, write something, because you ain't cooking for no children. You ain't, you know, you're not managing a household. Yeah. Um, definitely that, so it it's everything because it provides sanity. Like this mm-hmm. community keeps you grounded and they keep you level-headed. They push you to the finish line. They carry you over the finish line sometimes, and I, as I was saying earlier, I wouldn't be, I would not be but for the community.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We can't do this thing alone. Like you said, it's a solitary thing. It's long hours, sometimes solitary. You just need moments where you just break up, you know, the solitude and you need to talk to somebody or vent to somebody. That's where the community, you know, steps in and just provides that space for you. Um, Let's talk about your latest release, Melody. Give us a, some background about that and how you came up with the concept behind the the story and how long it took you to write, all that.
3: So oh, I started writing Melody um when I was fourteen. It was like a oh. a con- I know, and I'm I'm not fourteen no more.
0: So. <laughs> Ooh, we all far from fourteen
3: girls. So it 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 definitely that's where the idea came from like it started originally it was supposed to be a fan fiction, and I just never never really never finished um, and I kind of set it aside because life happened and then I started doing a series my first book was the first in a series so there was a family series the Ford family series and that took over that just like totally took over so when I finished that series I was like yeah you know what I'm gonna go back I'm gonna try to find it first if I can still find it and I'm gonna try to go back to that book um time really changed a lot of things and it's so funny that you asked me this because like literally before I started this interview. I had tweeted, I said, it's all fun and games Write in a book about your crush until people start asking you questions. <laughs> 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 start asking you questions about it. And so when I finally got back to Melody in a totally different space, because I'm a grown woman now, and I have the hugest crush on somebody, and I am like so grateful for the love that they give and the love that they show and the person that they are and i really wanted to write something that was like struggle free like they just they they just they were just in love with each other and mm-hmm. they were focused and intentional about getting to know each other and not just getting to know each other in that very superficial way mm-hmm. but in a very like detail oriented way and the reason why Uh, they had like the professions that they had because melody is about a um, writer and an influencer who meets a music artist that she is a big fan of and she invites him on her podcast just like really diligent about having him on her podcast and in the meeting you know through work related whatever they uh they connect and they build a bond and it's actually the start of another series so the next couple of books will follow them as they grow in their relationship okay. and I, um, I want I chose those professions because I think that at times those professions can be very surface level they mm-hmm. can be very superficial you think yeah. you know those individuals you know but in actuality a lot of times people can be completely opposite from their public personas. You know, I know there are a lot of things about Nikki Blair that like I, I show up as as that all the time, you know, when I'm doing interviews and things like that. But is that necessarily the Nikki that's at home all the time? Absolutely not. So, <laughs> yeah. so I've I wanted to to kind of play on that and show like the behind the scenes kind of two people who have public personas and maybe their public personas go well together, but their actual like who they really are go well together as well. Mm-hmm. And and it took a long time to write because it took a long time for me to even get to that space of knowing that um who I am at home and, and who I am behind closed doors is uh, the actual, like, that's what I'm really trying to find a match for. I'm not really trying, like, you know, like, all of that other stuff is cool and it's fine and it's great if that works out as well. But you really, me personally, really want to be with someone that uh, feels like home. And oh, yeah. in order for them to feel like home, you know, they have to, they have you have to feel at home with them. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. That, that is how Melody came to be. And plus, like
0: you say, you started at fourteen, so you had to kind of grow up a little bit before you kind of dug into that type of plot to write something that extensive about a relationship in growth like that. Because when you're a kid, you just write like you said surface level stuff. So you can't get, get, grow and be an adult to, to get deeper into. The type of soldier matter that's what's up and it kind of mills your your interest you say yeah we have a podcast as well or, or radio show excuse me and um you know music and stuff like that that you're interested in so it kind
3: of mails those. at the titles. time I didn't though at the time I didn't which is so funny yeah. it's so funny because like when I was when I was first writing Melody trying I ain't had no radio show I ain't <laughs> have none of that <laughs> I ain't have none of that so it's been really interesting to see like how uh, my life my pers- my real life in ways has been reflected in that character because when I was writing her time I, I did not have any of those things
0: so when did the radio show come about and, and what was kind of the impetus behind that?
3: The radio show I released the book in July of 2022 I didn't get my radio show until September of
0: 2022
3: mm-hmm. so the show came about because Um, (laughs) the show came. I've never said this out loud before. (laughs) The show came about because um, an artist that I really love, they had they there was the radio station that I'm now on now, TXTH Radio, TXTH Radio. They were doing like a artist appreciation day for this rapper that I love, Big Crit and um, I was like, oh, I want to listen to this. I'm finna listen, and so I started listening and just engaging with the people on the station and then uh, we built up enough of a rapport that uh, they actually were like, hey like, do you want to do an actual show and I think like the first event they sent me to was Ari Lennox event, I love Ari Lennox oh, she did an album that. release party oh, I love me some Ari Lennox, because the show is titled Queen Space, she has a song called Queen Space, that's the intro song yes, yes yeah. Yeah. shout out Ari Lennox uh, so they sent me to Ari Lennox her album release party, and I guess it worked out. You know, like I did a good enough job that they were like, "All right, okay, we gonna make this, we gonna make this a real thing." And so it shout out Big Crit because I wouldn't have a radio show without him. And uh, yeah, that's that's kind of how it it came to be. But that was September, November. That was after the book had been out.
0: Okay, yeah, I love Big Crit too. That's crazy. Um, so what what have been some things that you've kind of in your in your in your radio show life what are some things that you're like hmm this would be a good this would be a good story like like something happens on the radio show or you interview somebody and you're like hmm, this is a little plot bunny is coming kind of my head or or whatever
3: you know so I that's so funny that you ask that. I have had the thought of I've had like a couple authors on the show, mm-hmm. and when they come on the show, they often talk about how music is like influential in their writing process and how many of them like have playlists and playlists mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I've really kind of been playing kind of with the the concept I've never told anybody this you ask good questions (laughs) I've kind of been playing like with the concept of um trying to build out almost like a like a series based off of um, the authors and like how they how they write and how they live their real lives in comparison to their writer lives. Because a lot of them come on and they'll talk about like writing sex scenes and how like it's difficult and like, you know, they how they, you, when you're reading it, it reads all sexy and everything like that. But when they write in it, they have anxiety and all those yeah. kind of things. Yeah. And I've always really wanted to like play with like the concept of writing reality television as a book and I don't necessarily know how to do it yet but I think the idea is dope and like every single time and I've had um, I've had deal white on I've had Danielle Allen on I've had D Rose on and every single time they come on like the, the author that I'm expecting versus the person that actually shows up for the interview I've had to, send to Howard on um in their process it's just so interesting I'm always mm-hmm. like yo like there should be like, not like Real Housewives, but there should be like a series that just like follows y'all and kind of juxtaposes your real life versus your, you know, your writer life. Because yeah. it, it's so interesting to me how they write these, especially Danielle Allen, writes these really bold, graphic love scenes. And then in real life, you know, they're having to pace around the room and having to, you know, like do all these different things to yeah. get the to get the scene. and so that's something that I've thought about a couple of times never got it off the ground never even mentioned it to them but I think it would be really cool to do because I think that there's a story in there
0: yeah 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 that's fascinating and then you're talking about playlists and and stuff so do playlists play a part in your writing process in any type of way
3: oh absolutely absolutely I put a playlist out every book Um, I try to make the playlist as long as it would take you to read the book, and I try to do a song that I include in scenes in the book as well and I try to do songs that match the title of the book. I'm very, very into the playlist. Like, that's the whole thing. And if you want any of my playlists, they're all on my Spotify. You can find them for every book. They have all the book covers on them so it's easy to know which one goes for which. And usually how you know a book is coming from me is I drop a playlist first. Oh, wow.
0: Okay, so the music is coming then the book is coming. (laughs) Okay, that's dope. That's what's up. And finally, you touched on it, and I found this interesting that you were studying to be a sommelier, which mm-hmm. I am just like fascinated by. I, 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 over, over the, you talk about the pandemic, over the pandemic, everybody was drinking, right? I'm not gonna lie, I drink a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> everybody was drinking. Um, and, but I took the time to not just really drink, but kind of develop a palate because I was like, I wanna, when I go out, I wanna be like, I'm a such and such girl. Like, I like, I like to drink so and so for me, that defining what I wanted was like rosé, so I focused all on rosés and what I liked in rosés, and blah, 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 and you said being
3: your love of wine. have a rosé, you should try. I'm going to, off the show, I'm going to talk to you about a rosé that I want you okay, to try. Okay, okay. I'm going to see if I can send it to you. I'm going to see if I can send it to you. Oh, okay. I appreciate that. Of
0: um, course. But, um, you said something about wine and romance kind of going hand in hand of course we read tons of romance everybody drinking wine in romance everybody everybody doing stuff i know i don't put plenty of wine in in romance in my first in my my debut there's there's wine in there because they own a vineyard and a olive vineyard and a wine vineyard
3: Um, oh that's sexy that is
0: sexy uh, so uh well they don't the, the the people that they were working for own the wine beer. so they they bring out some of their uh tempranillos and stuff yeah. uh, and uh mm. they get they the, the, the main characters get a little drunk i mean that's like the first night they have sex but anyway um Ooh. Ooh. anyway so what is what do you think is um, when you say wine and romance and all that stuff, Black romance go hand in hand, what do you mean by that?
3: So, this is going to sound so funny. I was recently, while I was studying, I was saying that, like, the grapes, they remind me so much of people, and because, like, you have white grapes that make white wine, but Black grapes can make, make white wine and, and red wine. Uh, but that's a whole other conversation for another day. So, <laughs> I think that, to me, they go well together, not just because, you know, a drinking wine while you're reading, even though I do be doing that. Um <laughs> what I find is like the concept of wine pairing and like wine and food pairing specifically and like the different things that like make a specific kind of wine great. When you are looking for a certain kind of wine to affect a certain type of mood especially after you've gotten to the point where you are familiar with like the structural characteristics of wine Mm -hmm. you want what you want there's like a specific kind of wine that you're looking for that works for whatever food whatever event whatever evening and I feel like black love is the same way like what God has for you is very specifically for you. And that's why it's important to learn what you like. And so as I have like gone through my wine course, and I gotta give a huge shout out to my scholarship sponsor, Libby Wine, because they pay for it, honey, and I appreciate them for paying for me to not only right. take the class but take the test as well. Um when you, like, when you go through the classes and you start learning what you like, even when you do the parents, you know, like, they have the rules that you're supposed to follow, but even the instructor will tell you, you know, but your palette is your palate. Mm-hmm. And so what you like is what you like, and you have to find what you like. And as you grow in life, and especially as you grow in love, like, you learn what you like, and you learn what works for you, and that is why I feel like wine is, like, Black love, because... When you want Cabernet Sauvignon, you want Cabernet Sauvignon. You don't want Chardonnay. Right. When you want, and when you want rosé, you want a nice rosé. You don't want a copper. You know, you want you want what you want when you want it. And that I think, especially like with black women, sometimes we can be told that that mindset is selfish, and we can be told that like you know you need to settle for what's here. Like uh-huh. you need to choose you need to choose from, from what we got, but mm, listen, mm. if you're a person that likes uh, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, a uh, uh, Savion Blanc from wherever, then that's what you're looking for and that's what right. you deserve and you right. want it for a reason. You want right. that for a reason. Right. And so that that to me is why they why they are examples of each other quite honestly
0: mm-hmm. do you think certain wines go go well with certain books or certain genres oh absolutely
3: absolutely absolutely i personally I some feel like, so i'm a cab girl like that's me through and through i personally feel like when i come back in life i want to come back as a good bottle of cabernet sauvignon. But <laughs> so for me I feel like that goes with everything. But when you're when you're reading something light, funny like that Insta love kind of thing, I think you need a spark You want a sparkling because it's similar to what you're reading. It's bubbly, it's fun, it's you know, it's it's cute. Um, but when you are reading like oh, like some of these books that really dive into love, like I'ma give Nia Forrester a shout-out again because I think she does such a good job of showing love at all different like facets. Mm-hmm. all of her books are not you know happy endings they get there but they got to get there you know it takes time to get there so mm-hmm. for something like that something deep something rich like a, a shiraz, you know or sarah or something like mm-hmm. that you know like mm-hmm. it to me um it's very dependent on the mood very dependent on the style of the writer i got on the nicole fall. i gotta say this because it's her sweatshirt i got on a cold fall sweatshirt and that's my dog so when I'm reading her books, especially because they're funny, you know they're fun, they're 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 absolutely hilarious. But they yeah. they raunchy, child. They raunchy mm-hmm. and they real. So you know something that I would want for that. I don't want a white wine for that. I want me a zesty red. You know something spicy, something yeah. something something deep with like a herbaceous note because that to me reminds me of Nicole Falls. Mm-hmm. So. So yeah, like that. I said herbaceous note for Nicole Fall. She's gonna laugh if she hear this. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. Um. So yeah, like that. That to me is is how they pair. So I I would definitely do that.
0: I feel like you need to put together something for the girls, and put together like a little list, and put together wine pairings and books. I didn't give you the idea, so you got to do it. So <laughs> you got to do it. I, I didn't give it to you. I'm I'm it, says, to you. All right, enough all enough right.
3: You. I,
0: hey,
3: receive yeah. I receive
0: it. I receive it. I receive it. All right, so let's play a quick little game of uh, okay of this or that, and we're gonna kind of Oof. wrap up the interview. Um, what was your favorite book as a kid? Oh shit, this is hard. Favorite
3: book as a kid. I loved the um, what was the the series with the little kids that had Count Olaf in it Limited. where lemon ice loved it though loved it though <laughs> as a kid loved it though yes
0: yeah. do you like writing heroes or villains
3: heroes i like to save the day i like to win
0: <laughs> love scenes or dramatic arguments
3: love scenes you do love scenes that make a love scene. yes
0: Um, your favorite place to write my bed. Your bed. <laughs> Book reviews to read or not read.
3: Read. I read them all. Really? I read them all. All oh, of them. You,
0: oh, well, blessings to you because I don't read. Um,
3: <laughs>
0: the last romance novel that you read.
3: Ooh, the last romance novel that I read. That's hard. That's hard because I just read Dia White, just dropped the sample Sunday. And so that don't count, though, because that was a sample Sunday. Um, So probably the last one I read before that had to be Tay Russ dropped it, just dropped a third of a series. I cannot remember off the top of my head, but she just finished. Was it the ninth? She just finished the series and I read that and I read that. But I have been in writing mode and studying mode, so I am not reading up to the level that I should be. But I know the last like full book I read definitely was Payne Russell's last release that she did because I have been waiting on that. I have been waiting on that, and it was part of a series. It was part of a series.
0: Yeah. Do you have a favorite word that you use in your writing that you find you use often? Just. Just.
3: <laughs> and I have to go through and cut it out all the time with my editor. Um. And the reason why I use it is um, uh, I'm I'm always trying to like try to show um like if somebody's doing something casually so and and so I use the word just a lot because when I'm trying to like to show that oh she was just oh simply just like I use that a lot and I'm having to cut it all the time yeah
0: <laughs> if, if one of your books became a movie one what book would it be and two who would you want to play the leads
3: fortunate which is the first book in the Ford family series. I would want Shannon Thornton to play Ada. Mm. If not, Shannon Thornton, Mia Long. And I know those seem like they're not the same, but to me, it's just really important to have a um, beautiful brown skin, dark skin woman play that role. Mm -hmm. And I would absolutely love for who to play the, I would love for, because I love P. Valley, if you can't tell. I would love for J. Alphonse Nicholson to play Tremaine Henry. Mm, mm, I like them. I like them. Um,
0: where do you see romance novels going in like the next decade? Or what would you like to see them going in the next mm,
3: I would really like to see them. People put some respect on their name, definitely. <laughs> Um, but I see, I see romance being, especially Black romance, especially Black indie romance if people wake up. I see it being like the rejuvenation of Hollywood. I mm-hmm. think that, especially as I see like TV, uh, like really when it comes like TV, like Lifetime, and Hallmark and all of them working mm-hmm. with like different writers to bring their books to life, Netflix and Hulu. It's been so, there have been so many books by Black romance writers that have either been bought to turn it into a motion picture or turn it into a TV show or a TV series. Mm -hmm. And I think that that, I think that I definitely see that happening in the future. But what I would really love to see is I would love to see of these storylines picked up by radio. I think of like the serial podcast and how it you know how it followed a storyline and I think people will be really interested. Audiobooks are big. Audiobooks are huge. Audiobooks are so huge and there are a lot of artists that I think who have distinctive voices. They missing out on those audiobook checks. Like there are so many like voices that I know from Hollywood that I would love to hear doing audiobooks. And I think that if those worlds, you know, kind of took down the silos and really started having conversations about how to make it work, I think it would work very well.
0: Mm -hmm. What does literary success look like to you?
3: Being able to, you know, provide for myself, provide for my family, live the way that I would like to live comfortably. Mm -hmm. Uh, be able to like give back. I'm a huge proponent of that having worked in politics so long. I definitely see how like money when it comes to, especially in dealing with like elected officials, making sure you're donating, making sure you're being involved in campaigns. That means a lot to me. So being able to do that and using my literary voice to do that, because I look back at like James Baldwin and, you know, those, those amazing prolific writers and how they use their voice to, to, to really pinpoint critical issues, especially when it comes to black people and liberation. So that to me is a part of literary success. And then ultimately just being, you know, remembered. And it ain't gotta be remembered by everybody. Even if it's just, you know, the people who read my books um, right now, 20 years from now, if they're just like, you know, hey, here's a good book, that to me is, is literary success.
0: Awesome, awesome. So what is next for you, uh, Nikki? What is next for you on the horizon for what you're writing? What what's gonna come out
3: next and what we can, you
0: know, one click soon?
3: I am going to be releasing a short story uh in okay. February 2024. It is gonna be my second Ford Family short story. Shout out to Sister Girls Book Club because I submitted the short story to them and people voted and they wanted me to do it for real. So (laughs) shout out to them for that. It's going to be called Forget You and it's going to like a second chance we'll spin a block we'll spin a block okay, sprinkle. okay. Um, so and it's gonna be released um February 18th 2024 a little little Valentine's Day sprinkle sprinkle in there too so that's coming yeah. up for me um also I'm revamping everything revamping my website all my social media and stuff so be on the lookout for that and also you know if I can uh get myself together my radio show episodes I'll be doing live events so live music and live airing of the radio show so and, and merchandise and merchandise so that's that's gonna be fun Nice, nice, You
0: got a lot on your palette, girl, for 2024 coming up. So <laughs> much, right. right. so much. You got to take some time for yourself too, in between there. So, and do, and do. Yeah, yeah. So in the meantime, so I know you see you're working on your social. But where can we find you now? Um, what's the easiest way to get in touch with you or learn more about what you're writing, what you're doing on social um, on social media while you get us the other things
3: together? It is Nikki Blair everywhere. So Nikki and I, double K-I-E-L-A-I-R-E. So that's NikkiBlair.com. Nikki Blair on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook.
0: So awesome. Well, thank you so much, Nikki, for coming on to the podcast. I have enjoyed you. I've learned so much about wine. I learned so much about wine and book pairings. I learned so much about (laughs) you and what you do, and I wish you so much success.
3: Thank you so much. It's been such a joy. And I also just want to say, you know, thank you for this full circle moment because literally last year, I was like, I got to get on this podcast. And so, yes, so when y'all did the sign-up sheet, I was super excited and then when you were actually like, yeah, girl, we'll talk to you. I was like, ah. So, So thank you for letting me check this off of my
0: to-do list. Of course, Romance of Color is is here for our indie and traditional published Black women first and foremost and women of color who want to come on and talk about romance. So we have the space for that. And I'm glad you're able to come and talk with us. Thank you, dear. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Bye. and watching romance and Katie, I, you and I both watched a lot of Christmas movies and a lot of movies over the over the break and over the few few weeks mm-hmm. I mean so much stuff what were some of your highlights we don't have to go through all of them but what were some of the highlights the movies that you watched that you enjoyed I just trying to remember what I've
1: watched since the last time we talked on this podcast um well I guess most recently i really enjoyed the tubi movie um hot girl winter is it hot girl that was cute yes yes. i enjoyed it a lot more than i thought i would and um it was golden brooks who was very nostalgic for us obviously that's maya from girlfriends Mm -hmm. and she was just so she was such a good casting choice just as cute and charming as we remember her um She wasn't playing like a little ghetto hood role or whatever. She was just like a, she was Mrs. Claus and she was very charming and very delightful. And the movie, you know, had its comedic moments. Many light comedic moments, yeah. but also a really, really nice message about just marriage or long term relationships and how it's important for us as women and men too not to lose ourselves and our identity in the marriage because you can still maintain who you are, your hobbies, what you enjoy. As and also kind of join this person in life, so you don't. have yeah. She kind of lost a little bit of herself and the things that she liked doing because she was, you know, biz bus- so busy being the perfect Mrs. Claus, the perfect partner to to her husband. And you want to be a good partner to your husband, but you got to just keep who you are too. Otherwise, you kind of you start to feel bad and stuff like that. And and similarly, not similarly, but in the same vein, as a partner, just being careful not to take your partner for granted. And not get so comfortable that you kinda have that oh, they're not going nowhere. They
3: ain't going nowhere. Right.
1: They'll right. always be here. So they'll always be here to hold me down. And Santa was taking Miss Claus for granted a little bit. Yes, so he was. yeah. And so she had to but get out there it. and very respectfully not test the waters but she she left for a period to kind of give him a little mm-hmm. space to, so he could really figure out what it is that he really wanted and she was able to figure out what she really wanted so we won't mm-hmm. talk about how it ended but it was very very lovely and also just visually aesthetic the aesthetic of it was very pretty very you yeah. know yeah it was a quality high quality
0: movie for tubi very much so. Yeah, very much so. I watched so. another one today on my uh, while I was working. It was called Most Wanted Santa. It was on Tubi. It was yeah, with- I heard about that. I want to see that. I haven't seen it that. Was cute. <laughs> it was uh, with Denise Lawton. Um, she plays an FBI um detective that works in like the art and high end theft or whatever.
2: Mm-hmm. And there's a
0: Santa going around stealing things. Oh. And so you kinda of figure out like what's going on. But in the meantime, she meets a guy who's mm-hmm. like really suave and debonair. He likes art too and all that stuff. And y'all know probably can figure out what's happening. But it's oh, the it's it's the cutest. It was really cute. And it was, hey, he, okay. he was very sexy. The Santa was very sexy. Yeah, yeah, they had good chemistry. It was it was a cute little like you know, romantic suspense—not really romantic suspense. It was hardcore romantic suspense, but it was you know one of those old, little light, cozy mm-hmm. mystery type things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But in the heart of romantic suspense, I did watch "Sworn <laughs> Justice" taken before Christmas on BT Plus. You enjoyed that very much, right? I did I enjoyed oh, it? it, bit, it didn't I enjoyed it. it. Had a uh, Vivica Fox in it. It mm-hmm. was a very different type of Christmas <laughs> movie. It it was. <laughs> It was it was a lot of sex in it, cussing, violence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was it was it was it was a little steamy. it was very steamy in part. Wouldn't have made it a hallmark <laughs> a lifetime, but no. it was still
2: enjoyable nonetheless. <laughs>
0: But it was really good. I, I enjoyed it. And I, I don't know the actress's name and it, but I don't know if it was Bill Kapos you was know, in there. I think she produced it. But it left us on a cliffhanger, girl. I was like, what is this? Oh, Seems like man. they're leaving it
1: open for some kind of sequel or because they must. Wish it would come out this season. They must, make but You know, they're going to
0: wait a whole year and give us Sworn Justice 2 or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Mama be sitting right there waiting, like, whoa, okay, this is the second movie. Oh, my
2: goodness.
1: See, uh, I don't have BT, and I actually. And behind, the, because I, my intentions were to get BET Plus for this, um you know, for the month, whether it's a free trial. They had like, a Black I Friday sale on it. Do they still have it going on? Because that's when I was talking about doing it. And then I just never got around to it. I'm because not, a I'm lot of sure. the movies this season are on BET Plus. So I, I'm i now missing out on those good, those
0: movies. So I got to do that. I'm and not stuff sure. like that. I'm not sure. I I think they might. See. I mean, they're they still. Even
1: if it's for the month, I'll pay a little whatever it is. It's real cheap though. Movies. It's like six dollars or something. Yeah, nothing crazy. It I just have crazy. to remember to cancel it if I choose if I don't want to continue afterward. But maybe I will. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the Amazon Prime movie. I think it was Amazon with Eddie Murphy and Tracy. Yes, Kenny Kane. Lane. That was cute. Yeah. That was cute. My, me and my son watched that, and um, you know, very real cute, family friendly. I just love to see Eddie working. You know, out here, he's one of the producers, executive producer mm-hmm. of the movie, and um, you know, he doesn't like pop out often, so I think roles that he takes are very meaningful for him. Mm-hmm. So he chose to do this one, and it was just very enjoyable. He it was, was fun. And charming. Yeah, it was really cute. It was
0: really cute. I enjoyed it too. And I loved all the cameos. And I loved all the cameos in it and stuff. Uh (laughs) David Allen Greer and Santa Claus. Yes, that was (laughs)
1: I got excited when he came. My son didn't understand, of course, he didn't know who he was, but I was like, Yeah, that's David Allen
0: Greer. He's comedian. He was like, Okay. But that was that was (laughs)
1: unexpected. That was a pleasant surprise.
0: And all the all the other cameos, you know, the voices and stuff. And then my yeah. and then Tika said, that's pentatonics because she knows who pentatonics is, so she was
2: like, Oh my god, it's pentatonics.
0: So she got excited.
2: Ooh. And but of, of
0: course, course L- they was love Tracy Ellis Ross. So
1: oh, yes, yeah. they have such made, good chemistry. Yeah, they did have great chemistry. I like their relationship, I like their little quiet moments, talking in bed, and you know how he was they just kind of had this mo- one moment where. They just talked about, look, when we got married, we vowed to hold each other down. You know, sometimes no questions asked. I got you. You got me. And I just really liked that. I liked that conversation. I enjoyed that. I appreciated that. Mm -hmm. And she was funny because, you know, she's very funny. uh, Mm -hmm. Tracy Ellis Ross. She's always been a a physical comedic actress. And um, we met her. You know what? You know, I didn't watch... um, what's it called black-ish. after girlfriends yeah i didn't watch blackish, black-ish Grownish, none of those so i oh, black-ish really really. Had her. i and I, it might be one of those things i end up binge watching on netflix or something because mm-hmm. i missed that whole you know thing with her so yeah it was it was very refreshing to, to have her back on our screens
0: and stuff so that was a cute yeah. one nice job I, we also watched um genie on peacock um with um melissa mccarthy and papa Esedu um he's a um British actor mm-hmm. and our girl from um from uh Peggy from uh the Gilded Mary Age too. played his wife
1: oh. wait wait uh, Peggy from from where the from Gilded, Gilded Age, Age? The black oh, girl
0: okay. okay played his wife and she, she looked so cute she had a little short haircut she looks so, so cute um yes. and he is a handsome he is a handsome man papa oh. is a handsome man and uh it was just the cutest it was a cute fun family movie it was very heartwarming Mm -hmm. it was very good melissa mccarthy was funny and you know she's funny anyway but it it was so funny and it had a it had a you know a, a touching like meaning and stuff and you know he wishes that Certain things could be different for Christmas, and you know his his life is kind of falling apart with his wife and his job and all this stuff. So he starts making all these (laughs) wishes. It's so fun, and it has a lot of cameos in there too. So it's 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 a fun it's a funny movie. I I definitely (laughs) recommend it. And then on BT Plus, I also watched So Fly Christmas with Tammy Roman and Tashina
1: Arnold. How was that?
0: (laughs) Because the previews looked so funny. It was funny. It was funny. Um, it had its funny parts. Tammy is a very interesting actress. Uh, she's a very physical actress. I didn't know she was a very physical comedian actress, but um, she was very physical. It it was um, uh, Tashina Arnold and and Tammy play best friends. They've been best friends since they were little girls. And Tashina gets stood up on Christmas, and she's supposed to be getting married on Christmas. She gets stood up. Oh no! At the at thought so they make a vow that they're never ever they're not gonna be talking to me and men or this da, 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 they're making this vow that, about me until Tammy meets a guy <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like about that vow, you know, and so she starts <laughs> hiding the fact that she has a boyfriend and this oh, man. No. thinking his name, but he's been in a lot of stuff mm-hmm. like a lot little little like a lot of little you know, black projects here and there. Uh-huh. I've seen him and stuff, but he's he's he was funny. It was it was cute. It was, was cute. You know, Tommy Davidson was in it. Jack Hay oh, yes. in it. Oh, um, that's A Michael Uh what's his name? Michael uh Epps. Oh no. What is the comedian? Um, comedian. Not
1: Michael
0: Michael uh, Michael uh he's old. The
1: African guy? Oh no, no um, not
0: not Michael Blackson. Um the other Michael guy he's Jay gray. Or whatever, he's not a comedian he's gray Michael um Michael something anyway he okay. was in there and uh it was just so funny it was it was fun they were the parents were the funniest part because Jackie and, oh. and Michael played the parents and I was dying It was too funny
3: but it was cute it was
0: cute mm-hmm. and then I watched some some kind of eh one <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> one I watched called you tied the knot on up tv it was too melodramatic for me and, okay. and too Christian,
3: mm-hmm.
0: but you know, I mean, it's Christmas time, but it just, it just was a little too melodramatic for me. And I sometimes was, they drag on a little bit. I'm like, come I'm on, it drag, it dragged, yeah, it yeah. dragged. And I did not, I, I started watching it, but I didn't finish Christmas with a kiss on Hallmark with our boy Jamie Kalika's in it.
1: Yes, I missed that, and I have to watch that. I've had I haven't a it. I, I have that it's gonna yeah, I have a DVR too. Uh-huh. i've
0: recorded so i haven't i have i started watching it and it seems very very cute because okay. she's like torn between the two dudes or whatever okay. and so it seems very very cute so i think i think that's gonna be enjoyable but mm-hmm. we have a lot more shows coming up we got oh just this week they they kicking it off girl lifetime is kicking it off with their christmas movies so we got yes chef christmas with tia maury yeah uh, we got on TV. They got they drop in a couple in the next couple weeks. A Christmas Serenade. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's with Sky Townsend. I think, and then Christmas of Yes, and then um, uh, Great Great American Christian. I don't really watch that channel, but they mm-hmm. do have a black movie coming out which is shocking because they're like uber conservative and they really mm-hmm. not the quote unquote diversity but they do have a black movie that's coming out it's called 12 games of santa it'll be out this weekend and then hallmark has another one called magic and mistletoe that's also out i think felicia rashad is in that one oh lovely okay okay and then bt plus has one also uh never alone for christmas i think that's coming out this week so we have a lot of things to watch
3: lots of there's a lot to
1: watch watch. i'm gonna have to take a screenshot of um i go out to the facebook group and then because i just to kind of keep track for the week because these will they'll slip you by and you'll miss it Mm -hmm. and stuff like that so you want to catch as many so if you
0: all are interested in our face we've mentioned it before our facebook group um, search, um, search romance in color and that's the same as with the podcast color with the you mm-hmm. and join our group and and we'll probably approve you because all we do is talk about movies <laughs> all we do is <laughs> talk about movies holiday movies and then lifetime hallmark and any other kind of black and bipoc focused movies we talk about so um just just join and you can get access to that um dropbox that has the uh, programming on there that we we are keeping track of. I don't know how long I'm gonna keep doing that, but um mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's,
1: I'm sure it's so much work. But it's it's, it's very hard. much appreciated. But um,
0: I'm I you know we'll see we'll see if I keep <laughs> keep going. <laughs> um, <laughs> and reading romance, I, like yakini kind of pointed out last time, I have been reading very thematically. So last month, I was reading kind of Thanksgiving stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And, kind of, and kind of, I think I read, I even read a Veterans Day. It, it was all about November. <laughs> was eat, like eat, 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 what was it called? Eat for free with mm-hmm. Daniela Allen. Uh, it was very spicy, very spicy um, Veterans Day um, um, story. But this time around, I read nothing but Christmas novellas. Mm-hmm. Um, In reading romance here, I read Christmas novellas. And one and one holiday novella, one, one Thanksgiving novella. So mm-hmm. I'll talk about the Christmas one first. I read one called Ho 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 by Rosie Adams. <laughs> <laughs> it was about it was good. It was about a woman who had gotten divorced and she met a bar a bartender. And she was basically telling him, you know, I was a virgin when I met my husband. I was really kind of inexperienced, blah, blah. blah. And he basically encourages her to like go on this like sexual quest for like a year. Mm-hmm. So so she does that. She goes, she goes on this quest, but he sends her on the quest because he knows I want you to come back to me because I'm gonna finish it off basically. <laughs> um ten out of ten. Ten out of ten was so good. I whew, it was it was good. That's all like I gotta say. It was good, very good um the other it, it, i basically read three reals the atom she has a whole christmas series i read all three of her books i read spiked hot chocolate which was about two people who Cute both kind of got stood up for a uh, christmas and um one guy he was supposed to be spending it with his daughter and then the other the girl she was supposed to be uh with her fiance, he breaks up with her or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they're both at this restaurant and they and they kinda meet up. It gets crowded. So the uh, witcher waitress says, Um, can you, do you mind sharing a table with this guy? And the waitress is kind of inadvertently putting them together. And so they kinda hit it off and they decide to spend the whole, you know, Christmas together and, and things pop off. And it was very it was very good. Very good. Again, <laughs> 10 out of 10. <laughs> The last one I read was more, was longer, a little bit longer. It's called uh, 12 Dates of Christmas, mm-hmm. um, set in the Caribbean, uh, oh. in the beautiful island of Antigua, uh, where Rosie Adams is from. Um, and so it was about two childhood sweethearts who come back together after many years apart and are trying to figure out if they can make this thing work over the Christmas break. So it's it was it was very good. Again, 10 out of 10. But the highlight of my reading oh. was this book called Cinnamon and Goals. And I might have mentioned it last podcast, but I don't know. I don't care. I'm gonna say it again. <laughs> Cinnamon and goals by Lady Marie, y'all. This book was so damn. Oh Lord. Oof. It was it was too it was too good. It was too good. It was actually set in Virginia d m v area, so you you would enjoy it mm-hmm. um, It was about a girl named uh Senna, uh Sienna whose boyfriend uh basically dumps her a while like breaks up with her several months ago. Mm-hmm. but the mom is still like cool with her, like you know, please come over, please come to thanksgiving da da and she's like, fine because she she makes these like amazing like sweet potato pies she's like fine I'll come over and so um she goes to the market and she's like in line standing in line trying to get like stuff and then she sees this fine tall thick dark skin man Mm -hmm. with dreads kind of like pulled back and then when he goes to smile he has like beautiful white teeth at the top like a gold grill at the bottom oh, oh. And, it, and she calls them go listen i'm so attracted to that anyway, i know oh, i
1: love that yeah, just, oh my god that's so awesome oh oh oh.
0: i know I know. It's, it's two educated women we shouldn't be but we are so it is what it is. Oh, <laughs> what it is it's hot so anyway especially when the teeth are real pretty at the top oh my god anyway she's like oh my god he's so yeah cool. he's looking at her like Oh, you looking at me, I'm looking at you. What's up? And so uh he comes up to her and they have like a little flirty (laughs) man, so they're standing in line, and then uh he pays, he basically pays for her food and stuff that she's gonna take. And so, you know, he said something kind of flipped, but then they kind of like she's like, oh, whatever. They didn't they didn't give each other's number and they just kind of go off. But he was calling her thick mama the whole time. that's cute. Say <laughs> like Thick mama, because he didn't know a name or nothing. Oh she's like, oh, she's just gonna call me thick mama. You don't even know me, or whatever. So when well, I'm trying to get to know I you, whatever. That's that so cute. I mm-hmm. love being with swagger like that. Who me, are too. Confident, confident me too. In and it's not an arrogance.
3: Because no. um,
0: this is a side note, okay? But I don't um somebody I follow on uh, uh Twitter and uh, TikTok, it's an older woman. She's in her fifties. Mm-hmm. And she's, um, she says a, a real alpha male is not the type of male who goes around bragging and loud and, and the loudest one in the room. He moves around with a quiet confidence yes. that when he goes into the room, the energy shifts, yeah, change. Like you know that type of guy when you see him, like the energy change. Like when he go in the room, you're like, oh, who is that? You know what I'm saying? They don't even say a word. They just quiet you know mm-hmm. whatever when he when he's ready to go he ain't like hey let's go he just look at you like hey let's, let's mm-hmm. bounce you know just give a little head nod <laughs> and keep going you know it's like, that's the kind of man that's, that's that's the kind of man that this man goes was aka Gideon and mm-hmm. uh Gideon you know they have a little banter or whatever so anyway kind of find out Gideon is actually her ex's cousin what? Oh my goodness. Goes to Thanksgiving. She making these pies. She bending over in the kitchen. And somebody like, damn, look at that ass. Did she turn around? And then and then her cut her ex's cousin, who is out is a gay dude, was like, No, you ain't giving a show for a friend or <laughs> whatever. <laughs> And so when she looks up, she sees, oh my God, it's Gideon. What are you what is Go-? She couldn't call him but Gold, because she didn't know his name. Oh, what my. are you doing here? And he said, Wait, you call me Gold? I like that little nickname. I'm gonna have to give you a little nickname or whatever. And so he started. I call her, right. her cinnamon. <laughs> and so, honey, when I say that whole book is just hot, like hot. Like the the chemistry, and the project, project to- sounds
1: really, really cute. As, really, and I really, just it, did. I'm
0: telling you. Please read it. This, this is a must read. Okay. Jay What's it called? Read? Cinnamon and Gold? Cinnamon. It's Cinnamon with an S. Okay. Cinnamon and Gold by Lady that is Marie. Cute. Mm-hmm. It is very inexpensive as well. I think it's on Kindle Unlimited, but it's also on, okay. on Amazon. But it's a very inexpensive book. I think it's maybe like two bucks if you buy it. Okay. But I ended up buying it because I was like, I want it. I'm going to keep this book. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. But it was, ooh, the way he just moved with that. Car. And the way, anyway, y'all, y'all know shenanigans going to happen. Cause the mama gonna say, "Oh, the 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 ex ain't coming." But guess who showed up the, the Thanksgiving? Oh my oh, god. Oh lord, mess. But y'all gotta read it. It's so good. Sentiment goes, "Lady Marie, you did your thing with this." Ten out of twenty out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Twenty out of ten. Like I don't even give them type of ratings no more. But I'm telling y'all, twenty out of ten. That book is excellent. It it's a novella. Different. It's very short. You can read it in thirty minutes. That's how short it is okay very very, very short of but... my early child mm-hmm. yes yeah, so you can you your kid you can read that read maybe it. i actually complete this one. <laughs> Oh my goodness, goodness. Man, read it for you finished um the um i gave you the, what was it dead i you didn't finish it? that
1: i have to finish that i didn't finish it i <laughs> left it and haven't come back soon. i got busy oh my goodness that's unfortunately how i get down oh goodness Shameful. 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 But
0: it's it, totally shameful. <laughs> But do oh. get do get cinnamon and goals because it, it's gonna make you hot under the collar. Okay. And you're gonna wish you had a man like goals. Mm-hmm. All I gotta say is the Thanksgiving table scene. What? That's all. What? Thanksgiving oh my- table scene. <laughs> that's all I gotta say. <laughs> I ain't saying nothing else. The things that's that's it, y'all. That's it for um uh Oh my! A reading romance, yeah. That oh, yeah, just so not. <laughs> yeah. sounds good. Mm-hmm. It was very, very good. Just keep that in mind. Anyway, all right, you guys. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> on that note, um, we will be back in the next couple of weeks, right before the Christmas break. I'm going to take a little extended break, and we won't be back until after New Year. So, um. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, and we will see you all next couple weeks from now. Bye guys.
1: Happy mo- uh, romance reading and watching. Yes, watch some yes. good ones.
0: Get your holiday read on, get your holiday watch on all weekend long. So y'all do that. Bye. Bye.